It's the Eggship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, the founder and, uh, I guess, purveyor of the Eggship, a credentialed uh, Utah State athletics news outlet um, that is available for $6 a month or uh, whatever the other price is. I don't know. $10 a month is the is the higher tier. That's the flagship tier. Uh, $6 a month is going to get you most of the stories on the site. I'm not going to do a ton of promotion at the top of this one, I want to just get right into it. But if you are not subscribed and you'd like to subscribe, www.theagship.com. Um, if you actually click on this podcast post on the site, the actual post, it will have a, uh, a button in there you can use to do one free month of the flagship tier, which is the higher tier. Um, if you were not subscribed but you would like to be, this is a really good time to do it because tomorrow, as I record this on Saturday, you're going to be able to read the first sort of proto cover story uh, that I'm going to do because today's podcast and tomorrow's story is about Utah State's first fall scrimmage. Um, Unfortunately, inclement weather forced the game inside, so it was not made public, but media was still allowed to attend. Uh, We got to see about two hours of football. It was not, there wasn't really keeping score and there weren't teams necessarily. There was just offense and defense and uh, not really downs in the traditional sense, but they were running plays the entire time, and they were they were, you know, scrimmaging. Uh, and we got to see all of that. And tomorrow's story will be a story about that, a report from that, including sort of unloading my notebook, a uh, couple uh, prevailing storylines, depth chart stuff, some quotes, lots of quotes. We got to talk to Coach Anderson. Got to talk to Alfred Edwards. Um, it was good. It was a good time. I I, uh, I I enjoyed myself quite a bit. I took copious notes, copious pictures, and this podcast is going to be about sharing the notes with, with you all as a, sort of a free form, just doing what I can, getting through it as as, a, as rapidly as I can so that we can, uh, you know, I, I can get started on this cover story and so that I'm not wasting everybody's time with analysis of a spring gate or of a, a scrimmage because frankly there wasn't a whole lot to pull from this I don't think it was it was more just confirmation on some things some interesting stuff that I'm going to be watching moving forward a couple players stood out but there's so much going on at these things it's it's kind of hard to get a uh, a good sense of like game flow uh, and and so it's a little bit tricky to uh, to really report back a ton of like structural stuff, right? Uh, I'm not going to get on here and say like, oh, the Utah State offense is going to be doing this this year. Like I I don't know. Uh, it's it's not yet. That's not yet information that we're going to be privy to, and it's going to be a little while until that is the case. I think honestly, until probably until the UConn game, we're not really going to know exactly what this team is going to look like, which is by design. Um, this is, of course, also week one of fall practice. Things are going to be a little bit janky. There are moving pieces that have not yet settled into a place. There are things that will be subject to change. There are injuries to note, all that stuff, right? There was, uh, like, a lot of execution issues for the offense that I don't think are going to exist come August 27th, uh, if I'm wagering a you know, uh, waging a guess. I, I don't imagine that those will still continue to be issues. But with all that said, let me jump right into my actual physical notebook here. <laughs> I have a I have a, a real uh, notepad with all of my notes that I took. Um, 
I'm going to be, I've not written down names for the depth chart yet, uh, only numbers because I was doing it on the fly. So I'm not going to be quite as rapid in, in reading these off because I have to actually track down the numbers that are associated that I wrote down. Um, but the first teams, as I took them down, the first ones we saw, and I got about three, the first three teams written, first three uh, lines on the on the depth chart. Beyond that, it was very difficult to gauge because they were moving guys in and out. Uh, even as you get into the second and third team, there's some overlap and there's some stuff where it's like, I don't really know at this point how settled it actually is. Uh, but it is still worth uh, worth noting all the same, and I did take note of it on both sides of the ball. So offensively, first team, uh, left tackle, we had Alfred Edwards, as you would probably expect. Um, at center was Chandler Dolphin, uh, as has been sort of talked about through fall camp um at left guard was wade meacham he's the new starter there uh at right tackle was jacob south and then at right guard very very interesting here uh was waylon uh lapuajo the freshman true freshman who blake anderson was effusive after the scrimmage in his praise of waylon said that he has been mature beyond his years um, and that he has a very real chance of contending for that and potentially claiming that starting job. Um, I assumed that that job was going to be uh, Falapule Alo's job to lose, and he played, but uh, it was Waylon in the first team. So credit to, to Waylon, sort of changing my projection a little bit. Um, <clears throat> later on when the first team came back out, uh, Falapule was out there, but he was, interestingly, he was at left guard, I want to say, instead of right guard. Uh, so it, it seems like he's, he's been working both. I might also have, have just, I might be misremembering that, but, uh, he was out there, but the first team was not including him. It was Waylon at right guard instead, uh, elsewhere <clears throat> on that first team offensive line or on that first team offense, rather, of course, the backfield is Logan Bonner and Calvin Tyler. Uh, Josh Sturzer was the number one tight end. Now Brock Lane was in street clothes on the sideline. He, it's not a long-term issue, but, uh, Blake Anderson said that they don't want to rush anybody back. Uh, the guys who did not play off the top of my head were, because of injuries, were him, uh, Brock, uh, Dom Tatum did not play, Patrick Joyner did not play, and, um, who was the last one? Oh, uh, Omari Okiki, I believe, was the other one, the uh, junior college transfer at linebacker. He did not play either. So those four, none of them long-term injuries, like I said, just precautionary stuff. They don't want to make things worse. I believe he said that Patrick Joyner has had a had a hamstring issue and some back issues. So that is what contributed to that. But Josh Storzer, first string tight end for now. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, next up, out at wide receiver, <clears throat> Brian Cobbs, uh, Kyle Van Leeuwen, and... Um, Justin McGriff. Yeah, Justin McGriff was the was the last uh, starting number one wide receiver. So that was the first team that we saw. Uh, that's I think about what people were expecting. I believe that's the most like veteran team you can build, really, save for the the decision at right guard. Um, like I said, subject to change. Very, very much subject to change. Everything here I think is subject to change. Uh, I would not get I would not get too attached to this this starting rotation because things will be different come uh UConn defensively uh linebacker AJ Vonkfashan was in the starting rotation 
uh, up front, uh, Pukesi was one of the starting defensive tackles. Hunter Reynolds was at safety. Uh, Kaleo Nevis was actually starting. I did not realize that, but Kaleo Nevis was out there. Uh, I don't remember what role he was in. He was. I, I think he might have been playing the hybrid role. Uh, it had not registered to me at the time, but he was out there. Um, uh, so potentially as a as a starter, I'm sure I'm butchering his last name. I've not yet learned it, uh, but I will. I promise. Uh, Gervin Hall was out there. Uh, Andre, or, uh, Michael uh, Anwenu, uh, Andre Grayson, MJ Tafisi, uh, Byron Vaughn, obviously Halle, and then the final member of that starting group was, interestingly enough, Inaka Miguel, uh, freshman, who he was not frequently with the starting group. That job usually went to um, Daniel Grizak, who, who was uh, pretty impressive throughout the game and, and who uh, sort of established himself in that starting role as the game went on. But it was a knockout to start, which I think is just interesting, worth mentioning. Okay, second team offense. Otto Tia, uh, not Nye Davis. Let's see. Uh, Wyatt Bowles was up there. Uh, Cooper Lega. We had uh, Aliyah McGow, who has been talked about a lot this spring. He looked he looked pretty good from what I saw. It was really hard to get a read on the offensive line. But uh, Falapule was out there. Calvin Knapp was out there. Uh, Tavo uh, Motuapuaka, who I believe is the I would assume is the brother of Hale. That's I don't think a super common last name. I'm, I'm I could be wrong on that, but I, I would. I would think that they are related in some way. Uh, I should have looked into that before I started recording, but if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, But he was out there, as was Parker Buchanan at tight end. Um, uh, Paliate Makakona at at running back was out there. And then 13 is Quentin Hadnot. Quentin Hadnot was out there also with a new number. I believe he used to be 23. Uh, but he is now rocking 13. That was the second team offense, second team defense. Sorry, this is not the best audio in the world, but uh, I want to unload the the notebook as best I can. Second team defense was Lofa, uh, Fonoti, uh, Maikui, the freshman. Uh, um, uh, Austin, o- is that right? No, Ike Larson, sorry. Ike Larson was out there with the second team, as was Luke Marion at safety. Those were the safety, that was the safety pairing. Cole Joyce at linebacker. Uh, Sione Mao, uh, linebacker, uh, John Ward, the UCLA transfer was playing up front. He looked pretty good. He had a, he had a pretty good day. He got a mention Tavian Coleman up front. Um, let's see, uh, Inaka with it was with this group as well. He, he had a lot of reps. He played, he played quite a bit. It seems like they're, they're trying to move him around and see what they can't see what they can, uh, see what they can do with him. Uh, Xavion Steele played a lot out at cornerback as did Jamie Nance. He was on the far side of the field, so I didn't get to see quite as much of him. Um, and then Addison Troop uh, was the the last member of that second team. Third team, last one that I got. Uh, offense, starting it out, Levi Williams. Um, John Gentry next to him. Uh, Xavier Williams was out there. Xavier Williams worked all over the place. He was not just with the, the third team, but he was out there with the third team. In this circumstance, Terrell Vaughn, was out there. Same story with him. He he played a little bit of everywhere. Um, I'm not gonna get this kid's name right. The Ron, the new uh, tight end transfer, JUCO. Um, I guess he's not a JUCO. He's just from. 
He's from New Zealand and, and Missouri State. But Ron, the new tight end, he was out there. He looked pretty good. He, I think he had a catch or two. He looked, he looked pretty good. I'm going to give my thoughts in a minute, but uh, he stood out to me. Uh, Aaliyah was out there. The, the line was largely the same. Wyatt Bowles. Um, um, let's see here. Who else do we have? Jalen Royals was out there. We had Tavo, again, up in the mix. Uh, Calvin Knapp up in the mix. And then uh, I, 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 it, was, it was interesting. Teague Anderson lining up at, at center. So he's the third string center right now if we're going to read significantly into this. Defensively, Jaden Smith was out there. Josh Williams was out there. It was not a group that I think is going to be playing a ton. Addison Troop was out there. Um, Luke Marion, like I said earlier, he was he was playing on both u- units, as was Ike Larson. John Ward got some snaps out here. Paul Fitzgerald, the true freshman, didn't play a ton, but he was out there with the third team, as was Arion Peoples. Um, Bo Miley was out there. Um, let's see, who else did I have? Lofa, again. And then rounding out the third team defense was J.D. Drew who, uh, another true freshman, played quite a bit, especially down the stretch. So, all that said, got some takeaways, got some notes that I that I took down. First things first, it was not a good day for the offense. It was not a good day for the offense at all. It was, it was, it was rough. It was, there were a couple good plays. I think the, literally the first play of the scrimmage was a, a big Brian Cobb's catch down the field, and of course none of the photographers, myself included, were set up yet. And so, like, it was down our sideline, the sideline we were on. Probably the best photo opportunity of the day was the first play, <laughs> and everybody missed it. Um, but it was a great catch. It was a, it was a really, really nice play. Uh, Logan Bonner threw the ball. Cobbs looked pretty good. He didn't play a ton. None of the starting receivers played a whole lot, but there were some drop issues. There were some drop issues for the wide receivers. Just from what I saw, Otto Tia had a drop. Uh, Brian Cobbs had a drop. Justin McGriff had a drop. It bounced right off of his hands. Uh, Nana Davis had a drop. It was not entirely his fault. He was chasing it down. He was chasing it down. It was a little bit long, but he probably should have pulled it down. Uh, Kyle Van Leeuwen had a had a rough day. He had three or four drops. There was a couple that were forced by contact, but it was it was pretty surprising to see him struggle with some drops because that's not traditionally something that you see from him and then Quentin had not also had one as well I'm, I'm sure that there were more than I missed but uh the offense in general just after the first couple series or so looked pretty out of sync it, it was it was a, it was a really good performance for the defense and also a I don't think troubling is the right word but a not very good uh showing from the offense it, it had its moments but it was largely a lot of overthrows a lot of you know, pressure breaking down, play called dead before anybody actually gets there, runs stuffed after a couple yards. It was not pretty for the offense. The execution just was not there. That is, I think, to be expected at this point. That's that's usually how it is in fall camp. The defense is going to be better early on. But offense struggled. Defense looked great. The defense, to its credit, the offense struggled, but the defense stood out as being particularly good. The pass rush looked really strong. Uh, I, I was impressed with that. It's not a great <laughs> avenue for pass rush, but they were in there. The run defense looked pretty good. Um, the guy who really stood out to me was Hunter Reynolds at safety. He had a big hit early on. He actually he was one that knocked loose the uh, uh, pass to Van Leeuwen. He had later in the 
in the scrimmage. He had a tip drill interception that I have video of uh, that was pretty impressive. He was complimented after the game by Blake Anderson. I, I asked about him. Uh, he looked really good. I was impressed with him. He's he's not the kind of guy who is like going to be the top-end talent on the defense, but you can tell that he is a really important part on that back end. Um, <clears throat> let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, oh, he also, he, just in general, he was pretty locked down in coverage. I, I, I really want to give him his shine. He looked really good. I was, I, I was really impressed with what he was able to do. Uh, Byron Vaughn's had a huge play early on. There were a lot of tackles for loss, and the defense was really, really into it. They were really involved with the game, um, with the, with the scrimmage. They were, especially in the, the sort of second half of the scrimmage, you could tell that there was an extra little bit of energy that had not been there before. Uh, they were really, you know, they were loud. They were supporting each other. They were really getting involved in a way that I think uh, Ephraim Banda probably has to be pretty happy to see. Uh, it was it was impressive, honestly. It was a pretty impressive performance from the defense. Both coverage, uh, top top coverage uh, cornerbacks looked pretty impressive to me. Uh, I, I thought that the defense was really sort of the standout. I, I thought it was the part of the the game that really impressed me. Um, also impressive uh, on a in, a in an offense that was not <laughs> otherwise great. Levi Williams looked really good. Levi Williams was, I, I think, Logan Bonner's the best quarterback of the bunch, and he looked like the best quarterback of the bunch. But Levi Williams had a much better day than Cooper Lagarde did, and and he has a lot of ground to make up on that on that that battle. Uh, and and uh, Blake Anderson said as much. But Cooper Lagarde had a lot of overthrows in this in this scrimmage. Just you know, either down the field or shorter passes and, you know, throwing it way over a receiver's head in either instance. It was not a good day for Cooper, but Levi looked really good. Levi throws the ball about a million miles per hour. He had a big run early on in the in the scrimmage, probably 30, 40-yard run on a read option keep. He looked very, very good. I was impressed with him. He is every bit as talented as I thought he was. I, uh, I, I, enjoyed watching him quite a bit. I think he threw the prettiest ball uh, of the day uh, on, on a couple occasions, honestly. He was he stood out to me. I, I, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, there were a couple of moments where it got a little bit chippy. I think that that is also sort of by design. Uh, a couple of the young guys, specifically on offense, uh, it seems like they, they ran afoul of some sort of thing defensively. I don't know what it was, but there were a couple moments like that. Nothing significant, but uh, worth mentioning. No major injuries. I think that, that at one point somebody had the, the wind knocked out of them, but it was nothing. It didn't seem like it was anything significant. Um, but the big takeaway that I have from this game was that, yeah, the defense looked good. Defense looked really good. There were some moments offensively that were impressive. Xavier Williams had a couple really nice catches. He is quick. He is quick. Um, he's quick. And also, Nana Davis just moves differently. He, it's, it's, I know that's a vague descriptor, but it's what I wrote down. It's what I thought. It's what I think now. That kid just moves differently than everybody else on the field. He is so sudden in everything that he does. Everything is so fluid and smooth, and it, it's just 
he's really talented. Just a really, really physically talented and gifted player. Um, I had a ton of fun watching him play. He was not perfect. He had a couple drops. There were a couple moments that he was uh, he was he was coached up for specifically. Uh, but man, when he was when he was rolling, when he did get the ball, he just he is so hard to bring down because of the way he moves. He's so deliberate, but. Uh, just kind of bouncy. Everything that he does, I would describe as 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 bouncy and, and slippery. I really really enjoyed watching him play. Um, there wasn't a ton else that that really stood out to me. Like I said, a lot of uh, a lot of big big plays against the run. A lot of several tackler plays against the run, which I think you'd probably be pretty happy to see that that the defense was not just making those plays but is is sort of swarming to the ball and it has several guys to make plays um that is what you want right that's that's the the ideal setup especially with this system um let's see somebody else had an interception let's see who this was uh it was josh williams <laughs> good for josh williams yeah josh williams uh it was one with i believe it was sort of deflected at the line and just kind of drifted into his hands but he had an interception as well i thought that he was pretty good in general i didn't notice a ton of what he was doing but he uh he he did have that he did have that interception um largely speaking i don't think that there was a whole lot else in the uh in the notepad that stands out to me robert briggs had a nice run pretty late in the game uh, that that was impressive to me, but in general, it was very much the first scrimmage of fall camp. It was absolutely a rough draft. It was a work in progress. You could see it. You could see the 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 glimpses of what could be. There were moments of of very very good football. Very good football. The Brian Cobb's catch to start the scrimmage was great. Logan Bonner in general looked good. The Levi Williams run. Um, defensively a lot of really impressive plays i think the defense looked a lot more ready than the rock than the offense did which like i said is sort of the nature of the beast uh this defense is is there's a decent amount of experience on the defense as well i would guess that it's a little bit older than the offense is i, I just on aggregate i have not i've not done the math on that but that would be my my from looking at them my guess um and i think that that's good news honestly i think that that's not the worst thing in the world because uh, Utah State's offense is going to be good. It's it's. I don't think that there is a situation where the offense is not good, and for the defense to be getting its shine earlier on in the season, uh, earlier on in fall camp is is good news because it it's you wouldn't want to come into this scrimmage and see the offense just going nuts, just lighten it up, right? Because that means that the defense is really bad. The defense is supposed to have the advantage at this point in fall camp, and I think it did. I was impressed with the defense. I was impressed with a lot of the individual players on the defense. I think the coverage was largely excellent, um, which I know has been a little bit of a concern. Uh, first team and second team, I was pretty impressed with the cornerbacks, and this was without Dom Tatum. This is, you know, as they're still waiting on getting some guys back. Gervin Hall, I thought, looked pretty good. I, he didn't have any huge, like, flash plays, but he looked good in coverage. He was moving around well. They were pretty versatile with the way that they used him. Um just in general, defense looked good. The uh, the AJ MJ linebacker pairing was, was impressive to me. They had a couple plays with they both they were both in the backfield making making something happen. It seems like those two are pretty well established as the starters at linebacker, which I think is probably a good choice from what I have seen of them and from what I've seen of the guys behind them. Um, pass rush looked really good. Defensive ends looked really good, like we expected. This was without Pat Joyner, but 
they looked good. Uh, tackles looked pretty good. Holly didn't play a ton, but I was impressed with him. I was impressed with Pukesi especially. He looked really good. Um, uh, I, uh, I, li- I liked what I saw from him. He's somebody who I think could end up sneaking into that starting lineup if he uh, keeps playing like this, basically, if he, if he keeps up the energy. Energy level in general was good. Um, I don't know that there's a ton else to say about it. I'm going to be I'm going to be writing about it in a, a much more coherent way. I apologize for the on the fly depth chart. I, I had not written out the names beforehand, just the numbers, and so I had to track them down on my little roster. Um, but uh, it, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was interesting. I think that we're going to probably have a little bit more information at next week's scrimmage. Hopefully that that's hopefully that's outside and folks can come and see that as well. Um, and my camera will work a little bit better, but, uh, that's, uh, that's the hope I, I would expect that that will be the case, but we'll see, uh, regardless, it was fun. It was fun to watch the, uh, fun to watch the guys play. I think that they did about what I was expecting them to do. Nothing that really caught me off guard. I would say it was just, it was generally, uh, you know, promising, I think is, is the feeling coming out of it. Promising, uh, you know, energy was good. You could see those those big flashes of potential, even if the execution wasn't quite there yet. And that's where you want to be at this point in fall camp is that you are seeing the potential, even if it's not necessarily fully refined yet. Uh, that's 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 how I would see it. Is that it's um, you know okay yeah I get it I, I can see what we're going for here, and that was the feeling that I left with. So I think that Utah State has to be pretty pleased with that. Um, I am going to get out of here. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, I will be back with a similar podcast next week after next week's scrimmage. Uh, so it will be coming on Saturday again instead of the or later Saturday instead of the usual Saturday morning. Um, I will also be, as I said, back in written form tomorrow morning. If you're listening to this on Saturday, if you're listening to it on Sunday, uh, written form up now probably. I, I would I would hope it should be up early afternoon. Notes, uh, depth chart, and an actual story uh, about the scrimmage with quotes, with all that good stuff. $6 a month will get you that and everything else that I do. Uh, www.theagship.com, at The Agship on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn on Twitter. Thank you for listening. If you support The Agship, thank you for your support. I mean, just listening to the, the, the show is supporting the show, but or is supporting the outlet. But if you do... Uh, pay for the egg ship. Your support is greatly appreciated, uh, as are your uh, as your ears listening to this. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all again uh, next Saturday after scrimmage number two.